0: The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Mom Buns Podcast. I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Ashley. And we're here, which I think some days (laughs) you just get points for showing up. (laughs) Yes. So we're here. Y'all are here. Thank you for joining us. You know, Ash, I'm really excited because the last few weeks, we've gotten more feedback, uh, more emails coming in. We're getting notes and things from people who are listening. And it's, I got to tell you, like, I know we're doing this podcast primarily for you and I, but just knowing that like, actually people are listening and then now starting to write into us and hit us up. Like, it's so much fun. This is way more fun than I thought we would even have. Yes. And we were already having a blast before.
0: Yes. So what does that say? Exactly.
1: So just thank you to everyone who has been listening. You know, we're crossing over. We're past 20. We didn't even make a big deal when we hit 20. We made a huge deal when we hit 10 episodes. <laughs> no, we was through past 20. So now we're on like 22, I think this is. Mm-hmm. Episode 22. and um, And we know that actually not everybody who's listening is is even a mom. So for the dads out there, just a special shout out to you guys. Um, maybe you have buns, maybe you don't, uh, but that's okay. I think that it's, it's just been so fun to start to build this little community that we've got going on and this mom buns life. Um, and we're just so happy you guys are here for the ride. So thank you so much
0: for being yes. here. Yes. Yes. All the things Lauren said and more. All right. So, but I
1: know Ash. I know you want to talk this week about something that's maybe not quite as positive. So I wanted. That's kind of why I want to start out on this like kind of peppy, uh, peppy way.
0: Yeah. And but I know you're struggling with something. So tell me what it is. So you know, there's always so many dynamics when it comes to parenting. There's there's a ton of them, and and I think one of them that we struggle with, and I'm speaking for me, we, but I feel like a lot of moms have said this too. Um, is the whole self-doubt thing. Like, am I doing a good enough job? Did I do this right? Did I, you know, it's, you might've yelled at your kids today because you just about lost your mind because of all the meltdown. Then you feel bad. Like, oh, I'm not a good mom or I'm not a good parent today. And I feel like that's something that impacts us on maybe not a daily basis, but a weekly basis. And I will tell you, it hit me hard like a Mack truck this week. And here's why. So. You know, I've got one older one who's four who follows the rules pretty well. The three-year-old, not so much. She's my little firecracker, and I love her for it, but she's also very uh, fearless, which is going to be a great trait as a grown-up. Not so great when we're playing at the park. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm watching them. You know, you've got, you got one eyeball on one kid, one eyeball on the other kid. I do not know how you do it because you have three children and two eyeballs. I'm just yeah, putting that out yeah. there. Just saying, you can't strap one of them in now. So um, anyway, sh- long story short, the little one jumps off of something and bites her tongue and just starts bleeding everywhere. Ouch. Panic inside. I'm freaking out. Remaining calm on the outside, the big the older sister runs over, sees the blood, starts crying because she's worried about the younger sister. So we finally get everybody calmed down. It is a sizable chunk out of my child's like the top of her tongue. It is a gash, and I'm thinking to myself, do I take her to the hospital? Do I take her to the doctor? Do I, you know, I, we're out at a park while my husband's playing volleyball with his buddies. And so I rushed all the buddies and the husband over to like, Hey, what do I do? One of them's married to a doctor. He's like, it stopped bleeding. It's big, but it's fine. Let's see how she does. Okay. I'm going to trust that judgment. Cause I don't think it needs stitches, but I'm not an expert. Right. I don't know. And it's your tongue that hurts when you hurt your tongue.
1: <laughs>
0: She's a tough cookie. I'll give her that much. She is a tough, tough little kid, but anyway, So she, she didn't go to the hospital. We didn't take her to the hospital. The next day she wakes up, you know, she ate dinner fine. She didn't complain about it. She said it was a little sore. I gave her Tylenol. She went to bed the next day. I look at it and I'm like, you know, it looks fine, but it is a sizable gash in her tongue. And I'm thinking I am the worst mom in the world. I should have taken this kid to the hospital. If I take her to the doctor now, they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? Why, why, why didn't you take your child in yesterday when she was bleeding and got, had gotten hurt? I will say this, she is fine. It has already sealed up by the second day it was sealing up and it wasn't, she didn't get an infection. Right. You know, she's fine, but it's one of those where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible mother. Did I do the right thing? And I feel like I think that so often, did I do the right thing? Did I make the right call? Whether it's getting more sleep or not getting enough sleep or skipping nap and then somebody ends up sick or- all the decisions you have to make in a day, in a week, in a month. And it's not that I'm making them by myself, but I'm the one who's with them more. So I have more clout in that department and my husband will weigh in, but he doesn't know either. You know, we're not experts at this. And I hate that part of it. By the end of the day, you're like, I yelled too much or in this circumstance, should I have taken her to the doctor? Am I a bad, am I a bad mom? No you I a a bad mom. Tell me. No, no, you are not a
1: bad mom. The fact that you have those concerns and those thoughts, you know, hours after days after shows that you are the opposite of a bad mom. Um, You know, it's kind of funny because the other topic that we were talking about was like, which, which transportation vehicle parent are you? Um, And, and I think it's just a, a symptom of society to say, you know, you did all the right things for your daughter and you're still double guessing yourself all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard for me to hear. And I'm sure it's hard for you to live with. Um, I'm not an anxiety driven person. Like I actually like have whatever the opposite of anxiety is, Is that's kind of what I am. And I was actually talking about this to my chiropractor maybe last week, Um, and I had all the kids in because like twice a year we take all the kids to the chiropractor and they're running around the room. (laughs) Actually they weren't, but you know, like there's six people in one clinic room because I have three kids that me, the doctor, and then like his assistant or intern for the for the day. And and he was just laughing. He's like, I don't know how you do this. Like you were so calm. You're whatever. And I was like, look, first of all, there's three of them. There's three of us we're not outnumbered. So as, as bad as it looks right now, we could take them. Yes. Right. And then the other thing I said, and it's a little bit of D, uh, D G A F. (laughs) What does that mean? I was like, well, I'll tell you what it is. Like, don't give a, mm, and there I self bleeped. Are you, are you impressed? Yeah. Thanks for that. So yeah. i have save you some editing. Um, and I was like, honestly, and I don't know, I don't know. It's probably part of my personality, but also part of, I don't think that you can be anxiety induced and have more than two children. I just don't know how you would survive. What's interesting, and this is also a podcast topic for a later time, is I do know what it is like to have anxiety. I had postpartum with my third. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I really experienced that. So I have a lot of sympathy for um and and understand what that feels like now, which I never had before. And it was really hard for me, um, to figure out all this. To be said, you're not a bad mother. Second guessing yourself is totally normal. And in the case of do I do I not, like you're only as good as your instincts and the information that's immediately available to you. Right. And I think that's true through parenting over time. We're only as good as our instincts and what's available to us for for information. Now, if you have, if you are parenting in a village, and all of, there's village norms, right? That's the information that's available to you. Mm-hmm. If you're parenting in the information age, like we are, and Doctor Google is one step away, like then that takes that information overload to a whole different level.
0: Yeah, and I it think
1: does. That's where we really get caught up we allow ourselves to get even more caught up because you might look at the tongue say, Hey, there's a gash, but like your friend said, it stopped bleeding. You know, mouth sores and things heal fast. Yes. Helps heal fast. So I know you know that. And then, you know, she's calmed down. It might be hurting, but, not so bad that a Tylenol doesn't take the pain away. So if that's the information available to you, your instincts are going to act really well. It's, I think, when we start to introduce kind of those outside signals and noise because of the second guessing, because of the anxiety. You know, I've had that where I'm like, I, I need to talk to somebody and I'll text a friend who's a doctor or a pediatrician or a naturopath or something before I try to get to Dr. Google or even the nurse line, <laughs> for our insurance. Right. Yeah. Because there's only so many outside inputs that I want to have before my instincts like don't matter. Yeah. Because I think if you, if you rely on too many outside sources of information and you are mommy blogging, you know, like going down the rabbit hole on the internet, then that's going to distill your instincts and and you're not going to listen to kind of what you know. Yeah, such a like hit or miss. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. Well, and you're right. You can go down the rabbit hole, and that's what I try to avoid doing. But also, I'm lucky in that I don't always feel anxiety like that. I mean, I I feel it. I second guess myself a lot. Is what I do when I when I feel like I might have made the wrong decision. Somebody skipped a nap, and now somebody's sick. Was that my fault? Maybe. Could it could have been prevented? Maybe, but we don't know. Luckily, I'm married to somebody who's like, I think you're kind of going a little nutso about this right now in a nice way. He's very kind to me about it. He's like, hey.
1: When he uses the word nutso, he says it adoringly.
0: Right, right. Luckily, he never does. He he knows that's a no-no word. He's, he's like, you know, it's okay. Everybody's fine. We're all alive. Nobody's hurt. You know? in that circumstance, he was like, you know, I asked him his opinion, even though he's like, I have no idea, but I had him look at it. And he's like, no, I think she's okay. And I was like, okay.
1: He's seen enough football injuries.
0: Right. Well, and to me, it was like, honestly, it was more, um, if we're gonna not take her to the doctor and then it's going to be someone's fault that that was a bad move. I'm not going to make it just my fault. <laughs> like let's be real. Let's share the burden here. They are, you know, both of, you know, we both made these people. So, it was a selfish move on my part, honestly, but it also made me feel better for him to go, "No, I think you're making the right call here because that's my person, that's my, you know, whatever." But there is there are days when I'm like I could have been a better mom today and then I have to scroll through the 18 million mommy memes just to have somebody remind me like, "Hey, to one day, one minute, one hour it doesn't make a bad life. It doesn't make a bad week. It just you try again tomorrow. I love it. I think that's gonna be our new meme. Here's the poll quote from the show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes.
1: Right there. Yep. It yeah. That does not make one day, one minute, one moment
0: it doesn't make a good or bad life. No, it doesn't. And but here's what I wanna know because I know that self-doubt also translates into guilt. But there has to be something that you feel guilty about unless you are just that chill and I need to beat you when I grow up, that you don't feel guilty about anything. Oh no, definitely feel the
1: guilt. I do. And I think we've talked about it. a lot of it stems around my work and the fact that it takes me away from the kids and the family um for you know two or three nights, once or twice a month. Um, and so absolutely. and yes, and then like day to day, do I feel guilt about like, something that I promised or the way a meltdown happened, um, you know, and how I handled it. Like, yes, all of the time I have feelings. I just also (laughs) understand like in the, in this blend balance, you know, thing is like, I'm, I'm doing the best that I possibly can. My instincts are usually right. Um, and I have a great partner who's helping me. And so I'm not in that bubble um of doing that myself and I'm very lucky for that so I think um I do have the guilt but I don't let it manifest in the same way it's let's make the best out of the situation right let's reframe it to say so if mom's got to be gone last week I left and I had to leave on like a Saturday night basically as they were going to bed and I went to the airport and I said and we were saying goodbye and the kids are don't leave don't leave and I'm like look it's gonna be fine you're going to have a great week and you can call me when? And they're like, anytime. So that's the best out of a bad situation, of, of a situation that's not necessarily ideal for them. And it's, I shouldn't say bad situation. I'm doing what I love to do and I'm happy um, by doing that. And that is a whole lot better than parents who are are not happy with their jobs, are, are crushed for time. So I'm really, really blessed that, when I go where I'm doing the work, I'm super happy about it. Sorry. So I'm really, really lucky in that we can make the best out of a situation that might not be ideal for some families, but we're making it work for us. So we're reframing things. And because I really love my job, I love what I do. I love sharing what I know with people. I love talking from stage or, or helping lead groups. Um, and I love just the, the really great work I do. I'm a really happy person when i come home and can i be more in the moment yes but when i'm with my kids i'm generally pretty excited and pretty happy about that and there's like mom stress that that comes in and there's a little bit of that self doubt and that guilt but usually like i just try to act in the moment and do the best that i can for my kids in that moment so
0: i think it's a good point because if you maintain being present in that moment you're not going to be worried about what you did wrong earlier.
1: Yeah, it helps. It certainly helps. You still might have it in the back of your mind. All right, we're going to go downstairs and play. And in the playroom, my phone stays upstairs, right? Like that kind of thing. Okay. Like, and sure. Like my natural habitat is to like, Oh, well, since we're all down here playing, I'm just going to go pick up this side or like organize this side while they're playing, but we're all together. We're all doing it. They're jumping on me like, and it's fun. So yeah, if there's, if there's ways to stay and be present, not just with your kids, with your partner, mm-hmm. spouse, like wherever you are in that moment, that staying and being present is really powerful. And it does help you get through the things that, um, that could impact you mentally or just kind of linger as well. It kind of reminds me of, um, and maybe I talked to you about this offline, not on the pod, But uh, something one of our counselors said a couple weeks ago, and she was telling me how most of her work right now is around helping people just accept. And so when you're feeling the emotions, embrace them. Like envision yourself surrounded by them, like in a hot tub full of emotion, right? In a glass case full of emotion. But instead of banging your way out, like just sit in it. And it's so uncomfortable and it really hurts. But she said, if you can get yourself to that point where you're just sitting through the feelings, you're accepting them and you're, you're, you're almost embracing them that they're there, your mind can start to process through them much more quickly and they will fall away much faster. So by allowing yourself just a couple minutes of almost meditating in shit and accepting like, this is the part, this is where I'm at this is what I just have to feel. It allows your mind and your body to process that and that can, can deal with it. And that can go away. And that's huge. That's really powerful. I know. I don't know how I'm going to teach my six-year-old that, God. but just for, just for me, just for us, like, I was like, that is really, really powerful. And it, it says something about us that to say, like, we have to train ourselves To not push that away all of the time. So if you're feeling the guilt, if you're feeling the self-doubt, fucking wallow in it for a little bit. But accept it. I understand this. I understand where it's coming from. I understand that this is the feelings that I'm feeling. And let me just sit here with it. So that I, knowing that you're allowing yourself to process it, you're giving yourself time to move through that instead of push it away. Because that, it's like a dam, right? Like it's just going to raise and get bigger and bigger and bigger until you can't deal with it. And I know I've been there a lot of times when the feelings are just so overwhelming that you can't get through it um, And until something bad happens, right? Until you have to break and you have a, you have to go have your cry fest or, you know, or worse. So.
0: Well, and that ironically, that's the same advice that experts give parents to give their children. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as if they're going to have a tantrum or they're going to cry, let them cry. Tell them that crying is okay. If you want them to go cry in their room, fine. But don't tell them you can't cry. You can't have feelings. You need to stop it. They say, you know, I've read this a million times and it's like, I really don't want you to have a tantrum about this. This is so not worth it. But in their world, that is the thing that makes them feel overwhelmed. And so it's like, you gotta feel the feelings to move on. And if you think about that logically, that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, well, duh. And you might
1: come out of that with some sort of realization or or a, tr- a word, a safe word that will help when you feel that thing that either helps you calm down or allows you to signal to somebody else. Case in point, you're gonna, you're gonna think this is amazing. We've talked about my oldest son, he's now six. We've done elimination diets. We've done some emotional regulation work with them. And he's prone to these fits. Last week, I mean, like right after we saw the counselor and she's talking all about acceptance, he gets into this, I'm not going to bed spell at like 745. and and like, go upstairs. So I'm anyways, I'm not going upstairs. I'm not going to bed. And that's all it was. And I was like, let's talk about what you're feeling. Let's talk about what you're feeling. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling defiant? Like, how are you? Da, 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 da. And I'm like translating what I can see. And he's just getting little bit more upset and whatever, so it's fine. And then then I get upset and I'm like, okay, well, I don't care if you don't fall asleep, but you're not just going to sit down here. So I carry him upstairs, I put him in his bed, and he gets really mad. We go through the whole fit, and I was like, look, if you don't want to fall asleep, it's fine. You come outside. You're going to be working in the garden because there's a lot of garden work to do. So and it's still light outside, so you can at least work until whatever. He gets upset. He goes through the fit. you leave him alone he's crying. Then we hear like, you know, mommy or daddy. So I go upstairs and I'm hugging him and we're all good. And this happens more than, you know, once or twice, once or twice. So we kind of know this routine and he's, he's sorry. He's apologizing. And he just goes, I didn't eat enough at dinner. I'm really hungry. Oh. And I was like, damn it. For six years, I have known this kid when he was a baby it always was hunger and I just didn't figure it out for a really long time. So it's like, you would think, bud, that for six, I've known you for six years and I would have had this figured out by now. And I was like, but also did you forget the word hungry? Like 45 minutes ago. Right. Like, do we need a word for the word? Right. And he's like, no. And said, is this, when you get upset like that, is it usually because you're hungry? And he's like, yeah
0: wow but
1: he's never given me the words for it
0: before like that that's amazing
1: yeah so i was like well okay well you fix your room because there's sheets thrown off the bed or whatever you get your bed how you want it to get meet me downstairs in a couple minutes i'll make your you know i'll reheat some dinner and that's totally fine and now i'm noticing before he goes to bed he's actually asking for food mm-hmm. more, or if he's in a bad mood at some point i'm like do you just need a snack? Do you want to just eat something? And it's starting, I like we're starting to make the connections and starting to stave that off.
0: That's amazing.
1: Isn't that crazy? Also, he's like, I just want healthy snacks. That was the other thing he told me, which I'm like, who are you? Right? Are you a kid? Yeah. He's like, I would like healthy snacks. Please give me healthy snacks. And I was like, what if all I have is a cookie? And he's like, I'd probably
0: eat it, but I'd need something healthy. (laughs) Let's be real. Let's be real. I'd need an apple too, mom, but.
1: Oh, cute. So there you go. I mean this has been a stem of my guilt and self-doubt for six years as a parent of right you know, from a from when they're a baby to like why won't he stop crying and like i fed him i fed him two hours and 20 minutes ago what do you mean he can't be hungry yet you know yes. like all the way through he's like i'm just hungry but I, but he's never given me the words for that so thank god so there you go you never know when you're gonna get the breakthrough
0: That's true. I will tell you the other day, I did ask my child if she was grouchy because she was hungry. And she turned around and looked at us and said, yes, mom, I was hangry. Perfect. And I was like, well, there it is. You're probably not going to tell me for another three years that I'm hangry right now, but at least you told me after the fact. Yeah, right. But like you forget when they know how to speak, you forget. If you are hungry, use the words I've given you and tell me, but you don't, it's like, you forget that they, all of a sudden it's like, they can't even think properly because yeah. they don't have enough fuel in their system or something.
1: Yeah. And their brain's so, just not wired that way yet.
0: Right. I'm super proud of him. That's amazing.
1: I know. I was so psyched. I bet. So also my husband was like, oh my God, he's so your kid. Cause I have hypoglycemia. So if my blood sugar gets really low and mm. I used to do before I went gluten free, this was a really big thing for me because my sugars would spike really high and then really low. And I'd be, un, like, a little bit unstable. And my mom, like, one of the first pieces of advice she gave to my now husband is uh, always make sure she's fed. She needs – if she gets upset, she just needs to eat. And now it's, like, a running joke in my family. But – so, like, this is all coming full circle. Of course. Yep. I just figured – Passing it, it on. When he was six and not 16. So, I
0: mean, I feel like we're doing pretty good there. That's, that's a pretty good win. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So – you feeling a little bit better?
0: I, I do. I mean, it does help that her tongue is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not going to lie. Um, but no, I do. And I think sometimes you need reminders from whether it's, you know, from your people, like whether it's you or my husband or whomever, because I feel like, you know, I know you tell me you have these like moments where you're like, ah! but to me from someone who doesn't live in your house, and gets to talk to you, you know, once or twice a week and text whenever. It's like, I want to be super, I want to grow up and be super chill like Lauren. So it's nice to know that you have those moments as well. And I know you text me during them as well. So I know that they're there, but it's nice to be reminded of like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Even if it was a yucky day, it's okay. And you know, I'll tell you the last, last but not least, the thing that I kind of try to rest on is like, do I remember everything that happened when I was three or four? No, not really. So I couldn't be scarring them too badly right now yet. (laughs) Yes.
1: Actually, I actually think about that all of the time. It makes me extremely sad when I'm like, oh, but they won't remember these really cool things or like all the work we put in. But then at the same time, I'm like, meh, I'm going to kind of use that to my advantage a little bit, right? Like, if if we want to have a date night or we want to leave you with a babysitter and you're upset about it now, like maybe you won't care later,
0: right? Nope. Oh, so, no. When you're 16, you're not going to throw that in my face. No. Nope.
1: Just all the other things.
0: No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A million other things. Can we just revisit this now in like 10 years? Because. Could we just, oh my gosh, if we were doing this podcast in 10 years, I would be like elated.
1: That would be hilarious actually. Our Wouldn't poor kids, it? Because then they would be able to listen to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, then we better do, we better do the sex episode soon before they can listen to that.
1: (laughs) All right. Promise you. I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, we should probably do that one soon.
0: Yeah, we should. And make sure our parents don't have the link to that.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, cool. Well, we will keep bringing these to you and having these conversations. Uh, But hey guys, if you're still listening now, make sure you let us know like what you like, what you don't. If there's someone you want us to talk to on the podcast, like all of the things, just shoot us a note, get on anchor.fm, and you could even leave us a voice message and we can even bring it into the show, which I think is super cool. And I just need somebody to do it just once. Um, you can email us at hello at mombuns.life or just find us on Instagram and Facebook, mombuns.life on Instagram and Facebook.com slash mombuns.life gets you right to our page and um that's how you get in touch. And I guess in the meantime, Ash, what do
0: we want them to do? Keep the buns up.
1: I love it. All right. We'll talk to you guys later.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns Podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review and spread the word if you like what we have to say.
1: Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.